You're listening to a bonus episode of the Accounting Influencers Podcast, Talent in Accounting, with Rob Brown. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers, and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Welcome to the show. My special guest today is the legend that is John Garrett, CPA, and so many other things. John, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rob. It's an honor to be here, man. John, for people that haven't come across you and your illustrious background, just paint a bit of the picture that is the fun world of John Garrett. Okay, yeah. So I graduated from the University of Notre Dame with an accounting degree, went to Big Four at PwC, got my CPA, uh, did mostly internal audit, M&A kind of work. Uh, and then I left that to go to industry because I picked up a little bit of a hobby of doing stand-up comedy and uh, got good. And in May of 2005, left corporate to do stand-up full-time, uh, moved to New York City, wrote two Emmy-nominated award shows, have a comedy album on Sirius XM, did some pretty cool stuff, and then uh, had some near misses. So I decided to marry corporate John with comedian John. And so now I'm a keynote speaker and uh, uh organizational culture catalyst, I guess, to help humanize workplaces and uh, help organizations to value the worker as much as they value the work. And uh, and so, yeah, so it's been great. And now it's ended me up on the Accounting Influencers podcast. So here I am. So like, it's, it's all to talk to you, Rob. This is the, pinnacle, this is the, end. the pinnacle of your achievements, John, right? Pretty much. I've self-actualized. <laughs> like, this is it. <laughs> Comedy and, and accounting are not two words that we would generally put in the same sentence. That is very true, uh, but uh, it was a gift uh, that I had. And honestly, it made me a better auditor. Uh, it made me more relatable. It, it was able to diffuse situations. Uh, it made me better at my job. And, uh, and so I was speaking at a conference and I had someone go up to the meeting professional and say, I know John Garrett, that's the guy who did comedy at night. And she comes up to me as I'm getting mic'd up to go in front of 900 people. And she says, hey, do you know this guy named Mark? And I was like, never heard that last name in my life and she's like well he knows you and told me what he had said and I was like who is this rain man like who I don't do I owe you 50 dollars like what's going on and and so I looked him up on LinkedIn he was we were not connected and he was in my first PwC office 12 years before that I had left 12 years later and he's in the tax department and I'm one of the cool accountants that doesn't know how taxes work I literally don't so like, uh, so I never met him. I never worked with him. I never even went to the tax floor. Uh, and yet he remembered me 12 years later. And it wasn't because I was on the largest financial services client that PwC had. It wasn't because I was, you know, past the exam or how many billable hours I had worked. It was because of a hobby I did outside of work. And so I started to ask people like, hey, do you have a hobby? And they're like, yeah. But and I go, do you share it? And they're like, nah, it has nothing to do with my job or, you know, there's no charge code for sharing or we don't get paid to socialize or whatever lies we tell ourselves. And so, yeah, so that's when I started my own research. And then, you know, the book came out about two years ago. What's your and? Because you're an accountant and so many other things. And you clearly love to talk. So you're in the right game. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I'm a part qualified accountant. I I couldn't see the fun in accounting, and I obviously missed the the courses that you were going on. But I turned into a high school math teacher, so I, I get the numbers to a degree. I was fascinated in the teaching world that teachers had so many hobbies and amazing things that they did outside of teaching. And until you get in the staff room and you talk to them, you don't realize they keep a lot of it hidden. So 
looking back at your ilk, John, a, a lot of them, are they like you? Do they have these side hustles or hobbies or passions? Yeah, 92% of professionals. So I mean, that's my own research and it's mathematically verified all that statistics. Um, yeah, 92%. Uh, so that means that the stereotypical professional is somebody that has other dimensions to their life. It's not the accountant that you know goes home, reads more accounting literature, counts down the minutes till they can get back to work and then comes back in. I wish I could work seven days a week. You know, I wish I could work 12 hour days. Like, no, no one's doing that. Or they, maybe there's 8%, but those I think are attorneys and engineers. I don't think that those are the accountants. I'm not sure, but like, but it's just, uh, you know, it's, we, we have other dimensions to who we are and it's, it's time that we acknowledge them for ourselves but also for the people around us. Well, this is part one of a two-part that we're going to do with you to share more of your story and the way you help professional firms and probably a lot of other sectors now. What advantage is it, John, for an accounting type? And we know the type, if we're going to stereotype, geeky, yeah. nerdy, technically brilliant, perhaps socially inept, but how important is, the, is it for them to have some kind of outside interest and passion beyond the technical. Oh, I mean, it's it's absolutely critical. I mean, just for your own mental wellness um, to have a break. But there was a research done at Duke University uh, here in the US, and they found that people that have more dimensions to their lives are m less prone to anxiety and, de and depression, which makes you a better professional. Um, because if your whole identity is accountant and you're up for a promotion, or maybe a client is going to maybe choose you or they're deciding who to use for their services, um, then anxiety is very high. Am I going to be picked? Are they going to choose me? And then if they don't choose you, then that's a 100% blow to your identity. I mean, it's a 100% punch to the face and it hurts. And so that's when you can spiral. And so if you're able to have other dimensions to who you are and your identity and your source of confidence and then it's like, well, you know what, that stings, but I've also got friends and family and faith and these other hobbies and passions. And, and, and if you think about who you really are, 10%, 15% maybe is your job. Maybe uh, there's a whole 85% awesome. And, and so, but we allow ourselves to slip into, this is my whole identity. This is who I am. And it's not who you are. It's what you do. But who you are is so much richer and deeper than that. I've heard it from the other side. And, and in this episode, we'll focus a little bit more on the individual and the career advantages of being multidimensional. But certainly from HR people I speak to, they ask the question when they're hiring people, so what do you do outside work? Yeah. And some people brag and puff up the chest and say, well, nothing, my job is my life. I'm really dedicated to the role. I'm fully committed. But they don't hire those people because they know that when the job goes wrong, they've got nothing else to fall back on. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's that. It's also why so many accounting partners don't retire because they have nothing to jump to. They, they, they have nothing to go look forward to. I mean, I remember speaking uh, at a pretty huge uh, tech conference uh, and the vice president of North America came up and said, wow, you really got me thinking. I used to love to run. And I don't remember the last time I went running. And I was like, well, kick your heels off. I'll chase you. Like, we don't even need uniforms. Like, let's just go, like, you know? And, and since then, I've seen on her social media, it pops up with she's starting to run again and she's starting to do marathons again. And she's starting to do these things because, you know, on a soul level, like what lights you up? And we, we're so compelled to, to lie to ourselves and lie to everyone else because, well, I have to say what lights me up is helping my clients, da, 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 whatever. 
It's like, no, you're, you're passionate about it because you get paid to do it. Um, if you were so passionate about it, would you do it for free? You know, would you spend money to do someone's taxes? Like, then maybe you're not so passionate about it. You're good at your job and you like your job, certainly, but there's other things that light you up. And, you know, behind that job title is a human and, and inside that human is a soul. And like, let's get deep on what, what are you here for? And it's, it's not to do more accounting necessarily. It's, you know, you do that. So you get some money and then you go do cool stuff. Well, we're at an age now, particularly as we emerge from the pandemic and get back to some kind of normalcy where mental health, mental well-being is at a premium, John. And we look at the holistic development of people and what's going on with pressure and quiet quitting and the great resignation and recalibrating of what's important. Just speak to us a little bit about mental health and how you see it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think for so long we had work and then we tried to fit life around work. And, you know, after the pandemic, it's, it's a total 180 now. And like you have life and you fit work around life and and who you are is so much more than what you do and having these these ands it differentiates you uh like you said when you're interviewing i had someone remember me 12 years later i think we all deserve to be remembered 12 years from now and the shocking thing is it's not going to be because of something work related uh you know unless you're like milton in office space and you burn down the, the building holding your swing line then maybe they'll remember you but no one's doing that you know, but there's, it's, it's the human side to you. And, and also too, like, that's the side that's not replaceable. Uh, if you leave an organization, someone else comes in and does your job in a heartbeat, maybe even better. And that's completely replaceable. The, the organization doesn't even blink, but what's not replaceable is your technical skills and who else you are, your personality and those hobbies and passions and those skills that you bring that are unique to you. You know, I mean, my comedy made me better at presenting to clients. If somebody loves a thousand piece jigsaw puzzles, they should not be presenting. <laughs> like, you know, they should be untangling those really nitty gritty hard things that I shouldn't be doing. Um, and so we have technical skills that we get from our ands and, and bring it, you know, and, and it's, it's just so sad to see people becoming a shell of who they really are in order to fit into what they think they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And as we mature, we know that baby boomers from the majority of the accounting profession at the moment. And in the next few years, 75% of them are going to be retiring, moving on. Goodness knows what state that will leave the profession. We know that less people are coming into accounting as a career, less people are taking accounting degrees. So something needs to shift. I don't know if artificial intelligence and chat GPT is going to take up the whole of the slack and all the tech right? and everything else, but <laughs> the game is changing and People need to be adopting strategies and techniques or living a different kind of life to stay in the game. You've written a book, John. Tell us about the book, the title, and how it all came about. Yeah, sure. So it's What's Your And? Unlock the Person Within the Professional. So you're an accountant and a ballroom dancer and a volunteer and a motorcycle rider and a sports fan and an ice cream junkie. Uh, that's me. Um, you know, like, or it's, you know, going to concerts. What, what, what else, who else are you? And, and, and it doesn't even have to be a title. Some people get nervous about, I don't want to call myself a runner because I didn't, you know, win the Boston marathon. And it's like, okay, well then just say, I enjoy running. And then no one's going to ask you your time. And if they do, it doesn't matter, you know, because I'm doing it for me. I enjoy painting. Well, is my art hanging in the Louvre? No, but it doesn't matter. Like it's, and it, am I making money from it? No, and you shouldn't. You know, it's it's just something that brings you joy. And if you don't add the and 
onto I'm an accountant. People are going to put you in that box anyway, aren't they? With all the other accountants and CPAs that they know, and you're going to be labeled as such and treated as such. Totally. I mean, you're a commodity. You really are, which hurts because it's like, man, I went to college and university and I have a degree and I studied and I passed the exam, whether I'm a chartered accountant or a CPA or a certified bookkeeper, or whatever. I have these. And then you walk in the door like you're, you know, a badass. And then it's like, well, welcome. We're all at the table, too. You know, like <laughs> you're, you're no different than everyone else at the firm. So welcome. So and then it's like, well, you know, what's my differentiator? Like, what are people going to remember 12 years later? Uh, what is it that I'm bringing to my career and to my firm and to my organization that's different? Um, and and that's your and that's that side of you. And it's uh, it's important. I'm just reaching out to exhibit A for the people watching this on the video. This is my book, Build Your Reputation. And in it, I talk about it. it's a career capital book. It's, it's a playbook for getting on in your career. Not so much for entrepreneurs who can have anything they like on the business card and have their own blog and and write with impunity and and they're totally autonomous, but those professional people that are bound by the constraints of a profession or regulatory uh, mandates. And I tell the story of uh, Steve Martin, who once, the comedian Steve Martin. Oh yeah, absolutely. Went to, uh, you, you'll know him from the comedy game. He ran a workshop for young aspiring comedians and he was asked, what's the secret to being a really successful rich comedian? And the audience were expecting answers like, get a great agent. Right and make sure you're networking with all the right people and things like that. And he said this phrase, be so good, they can't ignore you. And I put that in the book to say, you've got to be so good, but it's hard to be so technically good because there's so many technically good people around. Oh yeah. So it becomes what else do you bring to the table? And that's your answer. No, absolutely. Yeah, you know, in, in comedy, it's all subjective you know, uh, as well, like be so good. Well, to who? Like, there's plenty of people that thought that Steve Martin was not funny at all. Uh, and those people I think are terrorists. I'm not sure what's wrong with them, but you know, there's plenty of, it's, it's a, you know, who decides what's best, um, you know, and, and who's the best at, at this. It's fun when I'm speaking at conferences to ask, you know, Hey, who's the best tax accountant in the room and how many people do not raise their hand? Like do not. And it's like, well, that's your whole thing. Like, that's what you're hanging your hat on. That's what you're bragging to people about. That's what you're judging everyone on. And you're not even raising your hand. And it's like, you know, it, and it's, it's amazing. But, but be technically sound, absolutely. But, but who isn't? I mean, honestly, like, you know, when a, when a client comes to someone and they're looking for some services, you know, and it's, well, we, we do it really well and fast. And it's like, and then you go to the next organization. Yeah, we do it really well and fast. It's like, well, then I'm just going to base my difference on price. Like there's, there's, you're not different than anybody else. And, and it's true. Like, I mean, having the and makes you interesting. It makes you stand out. It makes you unique. I mean, when I fly a lot, uh, I don't like to talk to the person on the plane next to me um, because almost every time they say something weird and I can't leave because we're in the air, you know? So, <laughs> and so, uh, so I used to say when I sit down and they go, Hey, so what do you do? Isn't that a comedy thing, John, that you want an audience that can't leave? Well, yeah, well, yes. But when you're the audience, then it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, because sure. then it's like, Hey, that's not good. And so I was just, uh, uh, like it's, um, when somebody says to me, Hey, you know, what do you do? And I used to say, Oh, I was a comedian and now I'm a keynote speaker. And then they would say, oh, let me tell you who my favorite comedian is. And I'd be like, let me guess, not John Garrett. And they're like, you're right, never heard of him. But then they go on and on about somebody else. And so now when I sit down and they say, what do you do? I say, I'm an accountant. And they put on their noise canceling headphones. Like there's never a follow-up question. 
like never. <laughs> and it's like, and, and then you look down at their backpack and it's a, a logo of a firm and it's like, you're one too. Like what the hell? And so, you know, it's, it, it makes you interesting to the people around you. It makes you interesting to clients. It makes you interesting to coworkers. Um, and it also just gives you unique skills. I love that, that it's a personality thing as much as a technical thing. You're right to say that, well, I, I put it this way, good gets you in the gr- good gets you in the game and great gets you on the podium. So you, you can get to the Olympics with a good game if you like, but to get on the podium and medal, you've got to be great in some way. And if everyone's technically super strong, it becomes some kind of an, some differentiator that sets you apart. Yeah. And for your own career, I talk in my book about the ultimate sign of career capital is that you get work that you love on your terms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what does that mean? Interesting projects, an interesting work environment, the best tech, the best co-workers, uh, the best, most interesting clients, the most complex, juicy work. Right. You don't get chained to a desk doing the grunt work and the mundane automated stuff and grinding through numbers and spreadsheets because you've earned the right with whatever you bring to the table, plus your technical skills. Yeah, absolutely. I agree totally. And and what is it that's a juicy, interesting client? It's finding out that someone loves to uh, rock climb and we have a client that makes repelling gear. Well, that person should be on that project because there, I mean, there was a, an organization in, in Philadelphia, an accounting firm that I uh talked with and they had a manager that was kind of burned out and was like, look, I'm sick of manufacturing. I'm, I'm done with this. I brew beer at home for fun. I'd love to go try and get micro brew clients. And they, uh, uh, the, one of the partners was like, fine, whatever, like you're going to quit anyway. So just give it a shot. Why not? They're the number one micro brew firm in Philly now. And, and they were, this guy goes to work hanging out with the coolest people he knows and good luck trying to swipe clients from him because he knows all about microbrew beer and, and, and why they're using this kind of hops or this kind of ingredient. And, and if I were to go in, I don't know anything about beer. And I'm, well, I'm an accountant. I'm technically sound. It's like, yeah, but you don't get us. And so, you know, that makes you different. And, and you know, you're, you're going to ha- have those clients forever. And so it's, and plus it makes it more jo- enjoyable for you to do the work. That's such a great point, John. You're drawing a line there between not just being a good accountant, but having that passion for something, that interest, that expertise in something that gets you work, gets you clients, gets you standing out. And I'm thinking of if you understand my passion or even my business, because it's a passion of yours, then you understand my world, you appreciate my problems, you speak my vocabulary, all my acronyms and abbreviations you get, all of my slang and banter, you get all of that, you know, all the stories, you know, all the players, you know, all the people you've got game and that puts you in the game. That, that's what makes you stand out. It's not knowing that debits go on the left and credits go on the right. Like any, I mean, AI is doing that now. So like that, that doesn't make you different that it, well, I know the FASB, blah, 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 whatever technical. Yeah. Who doesn't also you can Google it or the computers will tell you, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's bringing the human side and the more tech that we're using, the more human we need. Like, I think in the, in the, in the days, it used to think that it was a teeter totter where more tech, less human. It's like, no, 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 no. It's gotta, you gotta match the tech. So the more tech that you're using personally and organizationally, the more that you need to bring out your human and the human around you. So let's apply this. We're liberating a lot of accounting fintech professionals here, John, because they've, perhaps felt that what they do outside work has no relevance to work, but we're proving here that they bleed into each other, your personal and your business life, they bleed. 
into each other. So what advice would you give to set them free from the cage to, to perhaps first identify what is their and, and then start to weave that into conversations to create opportunities? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just being honest with yourself and saying, okay, I like my job and I'm good at my job, but what else do I enjoy doing? What else brings me joy? What else lights up my soul? If I were to tell you, you couldn't do this again, you'd be like, mm, that kind of hurts. Like I was speaking at a conference of a bunch of leading partners uh, of firms. And uh, there was a woman there who's the head of tax for a pretty large accounting firm. And she loves to hula dance. She grew up in Hawaii, dances around her house, just hula dance for fun. And I said, if I told you, you could never, ever hula dance again. And she's like, ooh, yeah, we would fight. And I'd like, and you would win because you have abs because you hula dance. I mean, they, <laughs> you, would, you would win. And so, but I said, if I told you, you could never do a tax return again. And she interrupts me and says, I'd get over it. Wow. And she's the head of tax. <laughs> it's like, you know, and, and so it's just be honest with yourself and then be honest with the people around you. And be like, hey, I know you're really good at your job, but but what brings you joy? Like, what do you love to do outside of work? And, and if somebody says family, that's not an answer. What do you do with your family? Um, and, and, you know, what are you dragging your kids along to because you want to do it and you don't want to get a babysitter? So like, you know, what do you want to, what, what are those things? And, and then it's just asking people around you. Maybe it's bringing in little uh, trinkets or pictures or things in your office that, that bring you joy. And it, and it, it all that, it's a little bit of a can opener conversationally. Cause then people are like, Hey, what's the, what's the Notre Dame football helmet all about? And it's like, Oh, sit down. Let me tell you a story, you know? And it's, uh, it's just cool ways to just bring a little bit more of who we are and be a little bit vulnerable, which is totally okay. I like that. And we don't do that. I had a story. I'm a committed Christian. And the story goes that a, a guy had gone to a, a Billy Graham type crusade, an evangelistic event, and had been moved by the speaker and wanted to give his life to Jesus. And he went down to the front. They call it an altar call or something. If you want to change your life, come down to the front now. And he went down and they've got stewards there that, that pray, take you through a prayer or give you a Bible or something. And he went down there and saw one of his colleagues. And he said, hey, I've known you for 15 years. We've been in the same office and I never knew you were a Christian. And the moral is, well, how, how bad is that? That that guy had never mentioned his faith, never mentioned he was a Christian and, and never shared it. So and, and deprived the other guy, if you want to put it that way, of not knowing Jesus all those years for the sake of a conversation. Yeah. And I mean, that's a whole deeper level of, of your and. But that, that's another example, though, of just who else are you? You know, and, and, and that's that's the thing that brings me joy. All right, cool. You know, and, and it's uh, it, but it's 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 so sad that we work around these people more waking hours than our family and our friends, and we don't even know who they are. There's a flip side to this too, John, in that the career advice traditionally is follow your passion. Now, if your passion's cross-stitch or surfing, we know that very few people can make a career in that. So what you're saying is, yeah, get good at something and have a trade and have a skill and have a, a profession if you like, but do what you love to do on the side and bring them together. Totally on the side, totally on the side. Like, are you a professional surfer? Am I a professional ice cream eater? Like, no, do I play the piano professionally? No. Like, you know, do I make money at this? No, there's no pressure at all. You know, it's just literally, it brings me joy. I enjoy doing this. I totally suck at it, but I love doing it. Um, you know, and, and it, that's, that's the beauty of it. It, it. Have a job, have a career, be good at it. Be, be really good at it, but have these other things. Who else are you? And, and it, just see how much it brings more life to you 
and also just the people around you. Like if you work in an office with other people, you're surrounded by so much awesome and you don't even know, like you don't even know. And it's just, just asking people, we don't take the time to just ask. We're too busy. Hey, I need this report. I need this. And in the remote world now with virtual, we get on the video chat, we talk about the work thing and then screen goes black. And it's like, you, you have to be intentional with, Hey, why don't we just jump on and just talk, you know, like we did in the office at a water cooler when I walked by your place and your cubicle and said, Hey, what's up? Like, you know, type of thing. John, this is terrific. Uh, we'll bring you on for another episode and talk about the implications for this for accounting firms and employers and leaders of firms to set culture and nurture their people and allow them to be the best self. Uh, just before we do that, if people want to find out more about what you do, what's a good way for them to reach you? Yeah, sure. Uh, what's your uh, website uh, takes you right there. It's got the podcast, the book. Uh, also, you can follow me on social or you know, LinkedIn connect, please. And uh, happy to chat and, you know, just hear your stories. And if you want to be a guest on the podcast of what's your and and share your and I'd love to have you on. We have over 600 episodes of professionals doing hobbies and passions outside of work. And it's a, such a cool group of people. If I were to sit in an audience with you doing your keynote, what would be the key messages that would come out? Then? I mean, definitely that who you are is so much more than what you do. Uh, it really is. And you're awesome. I mean, you're an awesome person. And you're so much more than just an accountant or a lawyer or, a, you know, whatever your job is. They don't hear this though, John, do they? No. Who's telling them this if it's not you? I don't, I don't know who is, uh, you know, and, and that's really where I found a, a sweet spot of like, this is my story, but it's our collective story. It's not like I climbed a mountain and you can too. No, I'm not climbing a mountain. Like, you know, like I'm not putting the oxygen on to sit in my cubicle and do some Excel spreadsheets. You know, like this is totally, but it's our story and, and, and humanize yourself and, and the people around you and just, just open up just a little bit and see how much cool, cool things happen. Well, John Garrett, that's been an inspiring call to arms for us boring folk that think that what we do job-wise is all we've got, but it really isn't. And you've encouraged us all to embrace our end and explore that and, and try and weave that into conversations to be more colorful, to bring joy to other people's lives and share a little bit more about what we do. Would that be right? Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me on and, and it resonating with you as well. So thanks. It's just been all ours. Thank you, John Garrett. You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. 